Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Absolutely loved the original Black Panther movie, so I was looking forward to this one. Uh, even watching the trailers and stuff, I was going, okay, they're going in some dir- some directions here that I-, I wish they didn't go into. But I'll get more into those in my review here in a minute. Speaking of, let's get to it. the most broken people can be great leaders. Black Panther Wakanda forever. At the dawn of King T'Challa's death, invading forces from around the world target Wakanda's vibranium resources, unleashing chaos in Wakanda, and the Wakandans have to defend themselves against the people coming in for their resources, and also this mysterious civilization that emerges out of the sea. His people do not call him General or King. They called him Kukul Khan, the Feather Serpent God, killing him will risk eternal war. Themes, messages, ideas, this is the part of the show where I talk about what's some of the thematic material in Black Panther Wakanda Forever that stuck out to me. Now, there's uh, quite a few things here that, that popped out to me that I noticed. One that I would say is like, this is the main message of the movie, and then there are sprinkled others in there that are more just uh, ideas that this movie takes for granted that are uh, some kind of thematic ideas that, that pop up in here. I mean, the, the main one, though, I would say here is... Uh, it's the, so we have the fall of one Black Panther and the rise of another, right? So King T'Challa is dead, but now we're going to have this new Black Panther stepping up here. And so the, the struggle is kind of what is she doing here? Uh, so the, the new Black Panther is here and it's kind of the struggle between is she going to rule honorably or rule with an iron fist seemingly you know okay iron fist that means that you'll the work will get done and and what you need to get done will get done more efficiently and more effectively and maybe more completely you know whereas if you rule honorably you have to you have to be more delicate with stuff you can still be the king you can still be the warrior you can still do that stuff but you have to uh you don't just go in there and with the the crushing force that is on the opposite side uh you know obviously you know biblically we should be ruling uh honorably right you think of you know the the kings in the bible you know king david is a uh, is an honorable person you know he had the the chance to to kill the king to be become the king himself, you know, but he says, no, that's not the honorable, that's not the right thing to do, and he, he doesn't do that, and there's multiple instances with King David, King Josiah, you know, some of these uh, great kings of the Bible uh, deciding to live honorably, and that is, you know, the the good thing in the Bible there, you know, as opposed to ruling with an iron fist like King Herod or something, you know, uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously that is the, the better way, and that's kind of the, about the struggle between, uh, is, is this person going to be a good king, is, is she going to be a good king, or is she going to be a bad king, or queen, I guess, because it's a girl, um, so it's about that struggle, and it's like, no, you know, we should live honorably, we should be honorable, 
you know, and so it's like, okay, ultimately a pretty good uh, message there thematically. Some of the other things that pop up in here, uh, it's it's things that were also popping up in the, the first movie. I mean, you got a little bit of the, the critical race theory kind of stuff going on, uh, kind of the you know, uh, black people are oppressed simply because they're black and white people are the oppressors simply because they're white, uh, kind of idea just lightly sprinkled in there. It's not heavy. It's not obnoxious in there. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, we, I just watched uh, she Hulk recently, a uh, review of that coming soon. And that was obnoxious with some of the, the over the top kind of woke messages in here. This is not that this, those messages, they pop up in here and they're in here sporadically throughout the movie. Movie. That said, they don't overwhelm you, they're not obnoxious, and they don't really get in the way of the story that they're trying to tell here. And so, as far as them integrating those kind of ideas or those kind of messages into the movie, they did an effective job. That said, I think they're integrating uh, some of these ideas that are bad or that are immoral. It's not like they're like, you know, all black characters are good and all white characters are bad, which, you know, I've seen that in movies too. But it, but even like the good white characters that are in this movie are like, uh, they, they have to, you know, put, put jabs like, oh, they're the colonizers and stuff like that in there. You know, just a little bit of, a, you know, casual racism in there. <laughs> which is just like, you know, it's the ultimately I just don't even really care. It, it's, I look at that and I go, okay, that's bad. That's not very good. But that said, it's it's light enough in there, and it didn't it didn't get in the way of the story too much for me personally. And so just watching it, it was just kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, it's in there. It's not good, and it's good to be aware of it being in there. I think that said. Uh, it didn't bother me too much. The feminism thing is very much pushed in this. It was already pushed in the first one. Uh, you got all the, the woman warriors. That seems like the biggest feminine thing. The, a feminist thing, not feminine, because women warriors are not feminine. That's not femininity, you know. The biggest seemingly kind of feminine, feminist kind of push in this movie is the, the woman warrior and now the woman king, or I guess she's a queen because she's a woman again. But uh, you have all of the, the, the you know, the, the bald-headed ladies with the spears, you know, that are the warriors. You have, you're introducing even more woman warriors in here. Most of the Wakandan army are women. Speaking of which, what happened to that dude with the rhino in the first movie? Why isn't he in this movie? Anyway sidetrack. <laughs> and so coming from a uh, biblical perspective here, I look at this and I say, okay, this is not good. We, sh we shouldn't be sending our women to war. I think that is immoral. I think that is wrong. Ultimately, David, show me a Bible verse. Why do you think that this is the case? Well, okay, I can say a couple things about this. I mean, just first off, we are supposed to use kind of our, our rational wisdom when we look at the world and we look at the world and we see, okay, men, we can see just rationally that men are the stronger protectors. We're the protectors and the, the women are the weaker, the weaker sex. And the Bible says that. So just kind of from a rational looking at the situation standpoint, it, that it makes more sense for men to be the protectors and for men to be the ones that, that go to war and that are the warriors and stuff. But I mean, if you want to go to scripture here, uh, Deuteronomy 22, 5, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Okay, David, why are you reading a verse about cross-dressing here? Okay, yes. <laughs> this verse definitely applies to cross-dressing, right? That is definitely covered in this verse. But I think this verse also relates to what I am talking about here. Because when you look at the, the original, you look at the translation of what this verse is about, it has two uses of the word... Uh, clothes, you know, garment and cloak 
in this translation here. I use ESV. And those two words in the original translation, in the original version, are not the same word. One means more like clothes. One means more like what you would think that word means, which would relate very directly to, like, cross-dressing and stuff like that. That is the one that says, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, nor should a man put on women's clothes. Uh, but the the other one, the a woman should not wear a man's garment, the garment there is actually more of a reference to uh, gear or tools or uh, it, it's a man's gear, I guess, which is uh, which is more like uh, armor or more like, you know, the, the carrying the sword on you, you know, the, the woman carrying the sword, the weapons of war or the the tools of a man, you know, is kind of what that one is. The, the word closer means to, to that one when it says garment there. It's harder to tell in our translation nowadays because uh, the, the words are narrowed down. We have less words as far as the way some of these things are divided up in the original translation. But the weapons of war are a man's gear. They are men's gear and they are men's uh, tools and they are they are made for men. And so women should not be wearing them. And that is actually an abomination to the Lord, uh, according to the scripture here. Despite what uh, feminine tells you, f feminism tells you, despite what uh, the world nowadays will tell you, uh, the Bible does support the idea of gender roles, of of roles where women are supposed to do these kind of roles and men are supposed to do these kind of roles and we are supposed to fit into the roles that God created us to fit into. And uh, so women are not supposed to be warriors. Women are not supposed to gone, don the garb of uh, of men and men aren't supposed to go down the garb of women. So the, the men shouldn't be the more passive or the more uh, nurturing type of stepping back from the combat while the women go out and do the fighting. That is an inverse of the way that God created the world. And also, despite what feminists will tell you now, uh, that does not degrade men or women. The fact that we are supposed to have our roles in life does not mean that we are degraded from not being able to get to the other role, right? So because a, a woman is not supposed to do a man's job doesn't mean that she is lesser than a man or a man is lesser than a, a woman because a, a man is not supposed to do a woman's job. We are both important we're both made in the image of god and we both have an important role on the earth and purpose on the earth but we're supposed to fill the purpose that god created us for and women going to war is not the purpose that god created women for so ultimately when i'm when i'm watching something like this and i see a woman uh, queen and she's out there going to war and i see all these women troops going out there and fighting all this war and stuff i'm going okay cool action and stuff here but this is not the way that God created the world, and this is not the way that it's supposed to be done. Now, you can look at this and say, oh, don't don't worry about it, don't worry about it. It's, it's all fictional, right? It's all fake. And yeah, you know, it's, it's fictional, it's fantasy, it's fun, and I watched it and I enjoyed it. But I also go, okay, what are they glorifying here, though? Because everything is glorifying something. Everything points you to something. Everything has a message. Everything has a theme. Everything has ideas packed in there. That's why I do this segment on this show. So... What is this glorifying? And it is glorifying women going to war. This is glorifying women fighting the battles that the men should be fighting, you know. And so it is ultimately glorifying something that the Bible says is an abomination. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so ultimately, I'm going to say uh, Wakanda Forever 
thematically as a mixed bag. I, I do think the, the core message of we should rule honorably, we should we should be honorable and not just the brute force kind of thing. You know, I, th- I think that's a good message. I think that's a good in there. But then you also have some of these feminist ideas and woke kind of ideas layered in there too because it's a modern day movie and that's just what they do. And so it's, it's ultimately makes it kind of a mixed bag. He's coming the surface world. We know what you whisper. They have lost their protector. As I said earlier, I was very excited for this movie. Uh, that said, the the fact that you know Black Panther to you know died off in this in, in between movies here the fact that they decided with the passing of Chadwick Boseman that they were going to have the character of Black Panther die off uh, definitely had me worried going into this movie and then the fact that they chose hey we're gonna have a woman Black Panther here I don't think that's cool like I would rather Black Panther be a guy because Black Panther is a guy you know that's that's kind of my thought on that plain and simple right there so I, I kind of go into this like excited because okay you know we got the same director in here we got a lot of the same cast in here you know so it's like okay cool you know let's just see what this is and ultimately I found this movie kind of frustrating uh <laughs> and that's not even to say i didn't like the movie let's get into the positives first here uh namor the villain of this movie is namor the submariner this dude is awesome i liked this guy as a villain a lot uh, he's played by uh tenich hutura okay i shouldn't have even tried uh plays namor the submariner uh the the leader of the this group of underwater breathing people from basically Atlantis down there and He's great. He's awesome. I mean, just talking from like a design perspective, he is very similar to his look from the comics, which is cool. And uh, him with the wings on his feet, which is straight up from the comics, you know. But it's like it's such a strange strange visual of him flying from his feet and it's just these little bird wings and I like that they have like the little bird flapping noises as he's flying around it's kind of funny because it's like these wings should not be holding him up but he's like flying around and the way he kind of bounces around as he flies very fun very cool and plus he's just he's a really good character he's an interesting character and, and he's I know him somewhat from the comics, but I haven't read way too much with him. But from what I understand of Namor in the comics, he does have this kind of uh, superiority kind of complex. You know, he he says, oh, my people are better than your people. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to protect my people from all of you because we're way more superior than all of you people, you know. And so that's that seems to kind of be his mentality. And that is something that's kind of carried over into this movie. And... Even though he's kind of he's kind of doing that and it, that that could kind of make him unlikable, even though he's kind of being the villain throughout this movie, he's still kind of a good leader to his people. Like he's trying to be this this honorable like kind of leader amongst his own people, and so it's like you know what I I like this guy because he's it seems like 
he's not just straight up villain. He's not just evil, but he is layered. He's detailed and he uh, is trying to do what is best for his people. And he's trying to look out for his people. And sometimes other people get in the way. Sometimes Wakanda's getting in the way. Sometimes these, you know, other, you know, government agencies are getting in the way. And, you know, they may have to kill these people or do something like this. But he's really trying to do what is best for his own people. And it's like it. To me, it gives him a good enough connection and a good enough kind of uh, character arc there that I'm like, I like this guy. I want to see more with Namor, you know? Are they working this to, to try to give him his own movie or Disney Plus series, I guess, or something now? I, you know, I would be very curious to see whatever in the world they're going to do with Namor because I really, really liked him. Winston Duke as M'Baka is just amazing in this. He's so great. Uh, <laughs> he's so charismatic and, and fun, and he's such a good leader to his people and stuff. And even though he can kind of be an antagonistic force in the, the Black Panther movies, uh, he's still, like, such a fun character that you latch onto and you're just kind of, you're rooting for this guy. And honestly, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, dude, why couldn't this guy have been Black Panther? He's, this guy is great. Uh, <laughs> but I understand why they didn't, you know, make him Black Panther. But it's like, d dude, I like this guy a lot. Riri Williams is in here, a.k.a. Iron Heart is in here. Uh, she's gonna get her own Disney Plus series, Iron Heart series. I don't know too much about Iron Heart in the comics or anything. I'm just the only thing really that I'm aware of is it's some uh, young girl that discovered, hey, I can build Iron Man suits too, I guess. And now, now she has one and, and is flying around and stuff, kind of thing. That's kind of her deal in the comics. Uh, she has a bigger role in here than I expected. I, I just thought she was going to have just a little throwaway thing and then she was going to spin off into her own series. But no, she has a fairly significant role in this movie and she's a decent character. She's she's pretty interesting. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, she's so great. But the, the fact that they're making a spinoff series about her, I'm curious enough about that. You know, I, I'd check that out for sure. Uh, despite the fact that I, I do watch all of the MCU uh, shows and stuff. So I, I guess that's not saying too much. Lupito Nuanga in here. I'm probably mispronouncing her name too. Plays uh, Nakia. And uh, she's in here. She's really good as well. Uh, she played the kind of Black Panther's kind of love interest in the, the first movie there. Uh, good stuff here. And, and I like the way that they, they brought her back and some of the stuff she did I thought was pretty good. Uh, Suri, back in here, played by Letter Wright. Pretty good. Honestly, not as... I didn't, I didn't like her as much in this movie as I did in the first movie. Uh, maybe that's just because they... Uh, you know, she's, she's very down on the, in this movie. She's much, uh, kind of the, the whole spirit of this movie is kind of hampered down a little bit because of Black Panther's death. Black, the death of, uh, you know, T'Challa in here kind of weighs over this whole movie and it weighs on her the most. And so, you know, maybe if we get to a more lighthearted thing with her again, I'll like her more. But she she was fine in this movie. But I, again, I, I think I liked her better in the, the first movie. Visually, this movie is great. The the action in here is a lot of fun. Really good Black Panther flying around, beating people up action. Great action with uh, the, the water stuff. I think they did some really cool stuff there. Really cool, uh, interesting weaponry coming from the Atlantean type people here. Uh, very cool in that respect. 
The way they do away with T'Challa in this movie is disappointing to me. And is really, it's just such a disservice to the character of T'Challa and to the Black Panther character and just to all this. It's just, it is really unfortunate in my opinion that they went this direction with this character. <sighs> Make, just recast the role. Recast Black Panther. As you know, okay, you know, he was such a great, Chaswick Boseman, such a great version of Black Panther, such a great, you know, actor in that role. He fits so well. It was great. But just recast the role. This character's story arc was not done. Was so clearly not done. And this character's story arc, it there was so much more to do. And then to cut it off in between movies where it's just like, oh yeah, now he's dead. And just don't worry about it. He's just dead now. It's just so lame. And it's so dumb. And if if just imagine... If you didn't know that that actor died or, you know, if you're watching this movie like, you know, 20 years in the future once, you know, the, the current crop of actors are kind of pushed out and we got this new crop, you know, you don't really know what's going on in modern day and you're watching these and it's like, why in the world did they decide to kill off the main character of this movie in between the first and second movie? It just doesn't make any sense. Recasting the role, it would be like, oh, this is weird. You know, you got to get used to this new actor, but you would get used to him. Marvel is is great at casting. Marvel is phenomenal at casting actors into roles. That is one of their strongest suits as a studio, honestly. Because even if the movie doesn't turn out to be amazing, uh, normally the actor really fits the role of the character that they chose for them, right? And so... You know, they did that with T'Challa and with Chadwick Boseman here. They could have done it again, and it would be a little different, it would be a little weird, but we would get used to it, and then we could move on. We've already recast other roles in the MCU. Edward Norton was recast into Mark Ruffalo for the Hulk. Uh, Rhodey was recast from somebody to Don Cheadle, I'm forgetting the first guy's name, and, uh, and General Ross just got recast again, I think, because he was, uh, he showed up a couple times, and then I think his actor passed away, and then they recast his role. So it's like they, they're they willing to recast as long as it's either smaller or, I guess, earlier on in the MCU. Now they're like, no, we can't recast. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I just wish they... <sighs> the, the real world, for the most part, should not affect the movies. It, you know, obviously, you're gonna. It's gonna affect like some of the thematic elements of the movies. It's gonna affect some of the things that the movies maybe is talking about or doing. Or, you know, it's gonna affect certain things. But the real world should not affect the overarching story of these movies. You remember in the X Men movies when you had those X Men prequel movies, starting with First Class, and they cast this new Mystique with this new actress, Jennifer Lawrence. Nobody really knew who she was. Then she went into Hunger Games. She blew up. She was huge. And then she started leading the X-Men in those movies. That makes no sense for being a prequel to those previous movies. It hurts the story of the overarching story of those movies. But because of something that happened in the real world, a.k.a. A different movie making this actress really popular. They changed the course of the story. They changed things going on in the story. And it hurt the overall narrative of the X-Men universe. That's what they're doing here with T'Challa right now. They are killing off his character in between movies. Just just randomly and uh, un without any really ado. And 
that is going to hurt the overall storytelling of the MCU as a whole. The the real world with stuff going on for the most part really should just not affect the stuff going on in the movies in my opinion. Do you like did, I I don't understand. Do you think it would be disrespectful to recast the role? I don't think so. He he really created this great character. Do we want to just do away with this awesome character that he really kind of embodied and and created for live action really well? No, we should have somebody continue that character on. You know, like it it just really doesn't make any sense to me. It's really unfortunate in my opinion and multiple times throughout the movie. I was just like, okay, this is good. I'm enjoying this, but this would be better if Black Panther was in this. <laughs> this would be, this would be better if T'Challa was in this doing some of these things because he is Black Panther to me, not the new Black Panther. And I'm not going to say who it is because they didn't reveal who it was in the trailers, but not the new Black Panther. The, the, the T'Challa is Black Panther to me. And I know, you know, in the comics, oh, she didn't, this person, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, 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 fine. But T'Challa is Black Panther to me, in the same way that Steve Rogers is Captain America to me. They finished Steve Rogers' story, so now they're going to pass the mantle, and it's like, okay, it's weird to have a different Captain America, but they finished his story. They did not finish T'Challa's story, they cut it off, and now they're just moving on to something else. It is unfortunate, it hurts the story, it hurts the movie, and it's... It's a negative, all around a negative, in my opinion, for the MCU and this movie and everything. And this movie is so focused on it because it's the sequel to the movie that he was the star in, that he was the main character in. And so this, it, like, it has to focus on it. So this movie is overwhelmed with the lack of T'Challa, with the lack of the main character. And because it's, it's so focused on his passing, him not being there, and the transition from him as Black Panther to her as Black Panther, and it's just unfortunate. And then the movie ends, and I found the ending fairly unsatisfying. Uh, it it ends without much... Literally, when I was watching it, I was like, is this... Is this actually the ending? Did they end it here? Okay. Uh, I just found the ending fairly unsatisfying. I'll get more into that when spoiler section comes up. Uh, overall, this movie is disappointing to me. That said, I still enjoyed it. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. This movie is disappointing because the first movie is one of the best MCU movies there is. It, it is like top five MCU movies out there. It's one of the best MCU movies. So... To say it's disappointing doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. It's just, to me, a little bit more mid-tier MCU. It's good. It's fun. I enjoyed it. And they were, you know, they were struggling to try to change some stuff because of the way that they decided to handle Chadwick Boseman's death. That ultimately uh, kind of brought the movie down as a whole. That said, some of the, the fun stuff in here did bring it up. Namor and his whole introduction and the, the world that they created with the Atlanteans and all them. The the connection between some of the characters in Wakanda, uh, bringing in Everett Ross again, uh, you know, and, and his kind of connection to Wakanda and, and all this kind of stuff. Very fun, very enjoyable. Overall, I did really enjoy this movie, though, in the end, it is kind of a disappointment.
Panther Wakanda Forever is rated PG-13 for sequences of strong violence, action, and some language, I would give it a 4 out of 5 stars on the enjoyability scale. Show them who we are. Honestly, I think I'll like this movie more when I go back to watch it again. I'll probably I'll probably enjoy it more as a whole, as an experience, because so much of my time watching this movie was me kind of being disappointed in the direction that they took the movie as a whole, and it was kind of... Because they kept talking about and addressing, you know, T'Challa and stuff, it, it really made me struggle to get past that as an element of this movie that disappointed me. And so it was just consistently coming up how this movie could have been better with T'Challa. This movie would have been better with T'Challa. I honestly think it would have been a better movie had they recast and put T'Challa in there as a different actor. As weird as that would have been, it would have been a better movie in my in my view. I, I definitely think it would have been. Maybe not. Who knows? You know, this is alternate reality weirdness. Who knows? But that is my thought there. So spoiler warning. Spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever following here. You've been warned, spoilers, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's go. I don't actually think I have a, a real ton to say here as far as the uh, the spoilers and stuff go, but uh, some of the weaponry that the, uh, the Atlanteans, I call them the Atlanteans, I, they never called themselves Atlantis or the Atlanteans, they're somebody else, uh, probably whatever the name is in the comics and it's not Atlantis, I guess, I don't know, but okay. Um, <laughs> the But their water bombs I thought were awesome, like they, they would throw grenades of water that would just blow up and fly water everywhere and it makes their cars go flying and stuff when they threw them on land in the water it pushed the boat and stuff it's like that's really clever that is really cool i liked that a lot uh the facts that the the fact that the atlantean people there were sirens basically they could sing and draw the the people off and falling into the water and stuff and drowning presumably um like the fact that they are basically the sirens of the the legends is super cool so it's like i i really enjoyed that aspect of it surrey being black panther i didn't say it in the review because they didn't show it in the trailers so i don't want to spoil i my my general rule of thumb is don't spoiler spoil anything beyond the trailers i only spoil what you see and, and know from the trailers that's 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 how i try to play my reviews so that way i don't spoil anything significant uh, and sorry being black panther fine the expected honestly like uh it's it's this isn't a shock this is just kind of like okay it makes sense i guess she's next in line though they had to get rid of her mom too they had to kill her mom off because because she becomes queen you know he he becomes king next in line and then she becomes queen and so in order for Shuri to become the Black Panther they have to kill her off in order so that she can become queen in order that she can become the Black Panther and so there, that's a, just another element of them having to undo them having to backtrack and change stuff in order for 
this to work without T'Challa. Another thing is the the printing off of the flower. They have to print off the flowers in order for uh, her to drink it to become the next Black Panther. They destroyed the flowers in the first movie to kind of show as the, like, oh, he's Black Panther and he's going to be the last one. You know, he's got this big fate kind of like, oh man, you know, what's going to happen there? And it's like, oh, we got to find a way to do it. Let's print off another one. 3D print off another one of those flowers. She drinks it goes to the the mind plane and talks to Killmonger which was honestly kind of cool um <laughs> but but like the the fact that she just printed it off is kind of lame in my opinion what would have been cooler like in this movie they discover that there's vibranium outside of Wakanda there was like another shard of the the thing that the meteorite that fell with the the vibranium that one that fell in the ocean apparently and now that's how the uh the Atlantean people there have some vibranium as well. By the way, when they went under the water and saw the city and everything, you see that big, you know, city with the sun thing there. Very cool. Very cool. Visually, very nice. But I was thinking, oh, they have vibranium too. If instead of 3D printing off the flower, what if she goes down there and she finds the flower down there? Or she goes down there and she finds... Uh, something else, you know, she finds a different flower that, that changes her, so she's maybe slightly different as Black Panther, or she could just still be basically just the Black Panther, but it came from a slightly different flower that grew because of the vibranium there and all that kind of stuff, too. It's like, they, they could have had a more clever way, they could have had a different way to reintroduce the flower, reintroduce her being able to get the powers as... Black Panther, because that's what, uh, that, that's what they did, they, like, ate from some kind of plant or something that, uh, and, and that's how they became the water people, you know, that's how they became the Atlanteans that have to go and breathe in water, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, they, they could have been more clever than just 3D printing it off and just having a sequence where she's looking at the DNA and is like, oh, we figured it out, you know, because, because ultimately, to me, that was kind of lame. The ending being unsatisfying, okay, so what I'm talking about there basically is that they fight the the Namor and Suri, the Black Pan new Black Panther here, is fighting. They're having a cool fighting sequence on the beach. I, I like that uh, you know he gets oxygen and so he gets power from both the water and the air, and so it's like you know he gets double power or whatever. So the the thing is they dry him off really dry, so that way he has less power, so that way she can fight him better. It's like oh, okay, that's kind of a cool thing. They're on the beach, they're fighting. Uh, he stabs her in the gut, and I was like, dude. What if she dies and then M'Baku can be Black Panther? That would be cool. <laughs> but I knew that was not going to happen. That's not. Nah. Uh, no way. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of disappointed that it that it's just her. You know, it's like, I guess it's just expected and it's just, and plus it's, I, I don't like a girl as Black Panther, honestly, if I'm being honest. So there you go. But they're fighting and ultimately she decides not to kill him, you know, and it's, it, it, you know, it's that that works thematically. It works really well thematically because she decides not to kill him. No, I'm going to be the honorable queen. I am not going to be the merciless killing person like Killmonger was. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be that kind of person. I'm not going to be that kind of ruler. I'm going to be the honorable ruler that will 
you know, step back when I need to or not just kill. She decided to step back. No, I'm going to make peace with Atlantis. This is the, the more honorable way to go. Which, yeah, I guess it was the more honorable way to go because he was down. She had defeated him. He surrenders. So she didn't need to kill him. And then it was the question there of, is this revenge or is this you being the honorable ruler that will overlook your revenge for the sake of uh, your people and their people and everybody, you know? So it's like, okay, you know, that element is good that element works well but it just kind of ends in like a stalemate it just ends with like you know all right we're just we're not gonna fight anymore and you guys go away and we're gonna go away and uh and then that was just kind of the end i literally when the movie was ending i thought there was like a third of the movie left to go because i heard that this was a long movie and it was a long movie it was like nearing three hours i want to say it was like uh, two hours and 45 minutes long or something like that. Uh, so it was like, it, it's getting close to the three hour long mark. It didn't feel like a long movie, which is a, definitely a compliment. So, you know, watching this movie, I was enjoying it. And so it, it, time passed quickly. I didn't feel like I was sitting forever through a movie. So I expected, oh, there's like a third of the movie more here to go where Atlantis and Namor and Black Panther are going to team up against somebody else or they're going to fight again, or there's going to be some oath broken, or, you know, there's going to be... I literally thought that that's what was going to be happening until it cut off and there was credits, and I was like, oh, this this is literally it. This is literally just the end. And that, it just felt really unsatisfying. It felt... Uh, it felt inconclusive. They, I guess they concluded the kind of the story arc that they were telling with her character, but it just... it. It didn't feel very conclusive because he's just he's just like, okay, well, see you around, I guess. And they just kind of leave and that's just kind of the end. And it was just, ah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they could, they could need. I didn't know what exactly they could have done to make it a little more satisfying for me. But it needed a little something more to make it more satisfying for me. Then she, she burns the cloak for T'Challa and she sees some flashbacks with him. She doesn't burn the cloak for her mother uh, I almost wondered if they were gonna if she was gonna throw two cloaks on the fire and that way she would you know mourn the death of her brother and also her mother that died in this movie but I guess the mourning period wasn't over yet or whatever so you know okay fine fair enough um but that was you know it, it ends on kind of the sweet sentimental kind of moment like that you know so okay Mbaku going in there and going, all right, I'm going to challenge the, I'm going to challenge the Black Panther. I want to be the Black Panther again, just like he did in the first movie. Great. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that's going to happen. Though that said, I see no way that Suri can beat Mbaku in a, in a fight with neither of them having powers. Uh, like, no, that Dimbaku is huge, dude. Like, I do not see that happening. That said, I also don't see Suri losing this just in the sense of the story of, uh, <laughs> in the sense that they're not, that Marvel's not going to do that. Marvel's not going to take Black Panther away from Suri for a while, I don't think. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to play out, but I am very curious to see that. And when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. All right, after credits scene. Uh, the after credits scene is a, a little weird, I guess. Lupido, Lupido Nuango, Nakia in here. Uh, so Black Panther's uh, love interest from the first movie shows up, and he's like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we have 
we had a kid together that nobody knew about, but here he is. His name is also T'Challa based on his father's name and uh, booyah, baby. And it, it's just, I don't know. It, it's like interesting. It's like, okay, huh? First off, this should not have been the after credit scene. This should have just been the end of the movie. It just, it took place immediately after what was the end of the movie. And they just threw it a little further over into the credits. And then there was no other alternate after credit scene. There was no credit scene that really hinted at the future of the MCU necessarily, other than this kid, I guess. Uh, but this really, it should have just been the end of the movie. It, to me, it doesn't make any sense to separate this, uh, other than the fact that, oh, we're Marvel, we need to do that, you know? And if you really need to do that, which you, you kind of do at this point, I guess, uh, I would be disappointed if there was none. <laughs> so you kind of do. Uh, but just put a put a trailer for whatever the next movie is or something like that, like they did with Doctor Strange, you know, you know, it's like they, they just threw a trailer at the end of, what, Spider-Man uh, for the next Doctor Strange, you know, so it's like, okay, nothing amazing there, but at least there's, you know, a little something there. They could have done something like that with Black Panther here, uh, but... Yeah, the fact that he has a son, you know, it's it's interesting. The fact that she named him T'Challa, and so it's like, does does this mean that the like the real T'Challa, the real Black Panther, is yet to come, and and he'll grow up and he'll take the mantle of king, and he'll take the mantle of Black Panther, and there'll be another T'Challa that is Black Panther, and this is their sneaky roundabout way of recasting him after you know once he gets to be old enough in the third or fourth, in the in like the fourth or fifth sixth movie or something maybe i don't know i don't really know where this is going with this character it's interesting and again it, it makes it kind of end on this kind of bittersweet moment of you know t'challa's dead but here's kind of his legacy living on and so it's like okay kind of you know that bittersweet kind of moment like that but uh yeah i i don't know it, it makes me curious of what what this means for the future of the mcu and, and the future of the kingship of Wakanda, you know, it, it makes me curious. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed this movie. I think I probably talked down more about it than, than maybe you listening. Maybe you think I don't like the movie, but it's like, no, I do like the movie. I did definitely enjoy the movie. It was fun, but there was just, this is one of those movies that had so many kind of frustrations and problems that I had with the movie, despite the fact that I was enjoying it while watching it, you know? So Again, I think if I rewatch this movie, I'll probably end up liking it better because I better understand what this movie is going to be and, and how to kind of approach this movie and, and not think so much about, oh, Black Panther should have been in this movie, you know, T'Challa should have been in this movie, you know. So a, a little bit less of that and a little bit more of just kind of going, okay, you know, the, taking the movie for what it is, you know, a little more than what I think it it could or should have been, you know, and and would have been had uh, Chadwick Boseman not passed away. What did you think of Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Let me know. Helix Reviews Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, coming up on the show soon here, probably a review of She-Hulk coming up very soon here. Uh, so until then, this is David of Helix Reviews signing out. Bye-bye, guys.